Well, good morning, everybody. It's good to see you this morning. Before I dive into my message, just want to encourage you to make sure and take note of your uh, little uh, bulletin thing that we give you as you come in. That's kind of an information card. Uh, if you're a student, make sure and make note of Winter Jam, which is coming up later uh, soon. It's, there's information here. Super Bowl of Caring. Uh, a couple of weeks away, and so that's always uh, kind of a fun thing. If you'd like to participate in that, particularly if you'd be willing to bring a, a, a crock pot of some soup or something like that, make sure and sign up in the back for that uh, over here on the side or talk to Cody. Uh, we've got a daddy-daughter uh, dance uh, thing that's coming up here in a few weeks. We encourage you to, to sign up for that. It's a great opportunity for all of us who are dads or grand, grandfathers or whatever to bring, uh, bring young lady special, just kind of invest in her in a meaningful way during the experience. And it's always a lot of fun. Um, just make sure and ch- uh, as you're in the children's area this morning, make sure and sign up. Uh, also, just a, a, you can save us uh, if you want to make a, a four. What does a stamp cost nowadays? 50 cents? So 50 cents, it's, I, anyway, I won't talk about how, I, how much it was in my memory, but it's, it's gone up in price. So if you'd like to make a 50 cent uh, contribution to the church this morning by picking up your uh, contribution statement for last year in the back, uh, Jackie Rogers, who helps us in the office, uh, would be greatly appreciated. We all would, but uh, just stop back by afterwards as you're headed by there. If you can grab yours on the way, it saves us a stamp. So make sure and do that. So year-end giving statements, which... Some of us, all of us, will be doing taxes whether we want to in the very near future. Sorry to be the bearer of bad news. Um, let's pray one more time. And then I'm going to dive into my message, all right? Heavenly Father, thank you for every person who's here, each person listening via live stream. Uh, we're so grateful for your grace, your mercy, your favor. We invite you to speak to us this morning in ways that only your Holy Spirit can speak to us. Speak to our hearts, deep into our souls, that we might know the path you'd have us to walk. And Father, we'll give you credit for every good thing that comes as we walk in that path. This is my request, and we lift it together in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to begin by asking you a question. It's not an easy question to, uh, to uh, ask or answer, but it's one that I want, to, want you to think about with me this morning as we begin. Um, and it's an important one. And so maybe initially you're not going to be able to just give me a response, so to speak. But I want you to begin to think with me along these lines. Here's the question. What are the priorities that guide and guard your life and schedule? I mean, what activities that are part of your life do you consider to be the most important? This is very important questions that... Often we just sort of answer without thinking uh, very thoroughly. We can make a list of the kinds of priorities, a list of the kinds of of, uh, things that we consider to be very important. But here's what I've observed over years of life and ministry. It's been my observation that most of us reveal what's really important to us pretty clearly by what we want our children to learn. You just analyze what uh, what we're trying to... uh, instill in our kids, and it says something about us. It really does. Uh, For example, why do all of us want our children to learn to read and write and do math? Why do we we expect them to attend school, listen to their teachers, do their homework, get the best grades they're capable of? Why do do we uh, plan our vacations around a a school calendar, uh, many of us? Why why do we attend parent-teacher conferences? Why do we do this kind of thing? Why do we hire tutors to help our kids if they're struggling in some area? Why why is this important? We value 
education, right? We, we recognize the value associated with our kids learning and getting a good education. So it's a, it's a family priority, right? You with me? Another priority that most of us want our children to learn is the association between work and money, right? That, that these two have a relationship with one another. So uh, to try to instill that value, that priority in our kids' lives, what do we do? Sometime during our child's uh, elementary, early elementary years, most of us begin assigning our sons or daughters chores. We give them an allowance when they complete them. Um, do you and I do this simply because we don't want to take out the trash or clean the bathrooms or feed our dogs anymore? <laughs> Not entirely, right? Not entirely. Uh, none of us want our kids to grow up thinking that they can get anything they want simply by whining, begging, or stealing. They'd end up in Congress, right? This, I'm sorry. <laughs> Forgive me. That was not in my notes. Father, forgive me. It's, it's a joke, because that certainly doesn't define everybody. But there are those for whom it is a definition in our culture, correct? Yes. I mean, this is, this is part of the challenge of our day. We want our kids from their earliest years to learn that, generally speaking, there's an association in life between work and money, labor and eating, right? We want them to get that. Now, there are a lot of things that some of us consider to be priorities in life. If we, if, we, if we took a poll here and I had a flip chart and we started writing them all down, we'd have a long list of priorities. There'd be some of us talking about the, the value of sportsmanship or family or the value of a dollar. There'd be fitness or, or you know, personal character and integrity. And, of course, relationship with God, an active relationship with God would show up on that list along with a number of other things. But what I want you to think about for the next few minutes with me is this. Which of those priorities matters most? Which matters most? If you had to let some things go in your life that you feel are priorities because you could not successfully pursue them all, which ones should you focus on and which ones are negotiable? Most people in our day answer that question this way, you know, of, of which ones are most important. Most of us don't sit down and carefully consider the implications of every value or priority that are part of our lives that we want our kids to learn or we want to live our lives according to. We just don't operate that way. Most of us assess the values, the priorities that are going to govern and guard our lives on the basis of this. This is what I grew up learning, right? This is one of them. Or we choose our priorities in the same way that I used to shop for groceries. Notice I said used to shop for groceries. Okay. Uh, have you ever noticed what happens if you visit the grocery store on an empty stomach without a shopping list written out or on your phone or someplace that details with specificity precisely what your priority purchases are? You know what the difference? I mean, um, for me, if I haven't got a list, larger than normal quantities of Pop-Tarts and chips and ice cream and soda end up in the shopping cart. And I got a lot of splaining to do <laughs> at some point, right? Uh, I forget the healthy stuff. It's not that I never think about it. It's just 
doesn't make the top of the list, right? It sort of like shows up down the list somewhere if it shows up. What is this called? Impulse buying. If I go to the store without a shopping list, I am a marketer's dream. And most of us are this way when it comes to values and priorities. Friends, life with its many options is really no different. If we're going to have any control over our lives whatsoever, if you're going to live your life with intentionality, with a plan, we must decide in advance what we will give ourselves to. We must establish clear, non-negotiable priorities that are based on things that truly matter, and we know they've mattered because we've thought about them. We've intentionally chosen them. And then we allow them to frame and shape our lives, our schedules, our priorities, everything that we do, instead of just allowing ourselves to be blown around by every wind and wave of belief and marketing slogan and impulse by whatever situational preferences I have. So again, I want to ask you, what are the priorities that guide and guard your life and schedule? What are the activities that you consider to be most important? And if you couldn't pursue all of them, which let me just give you a little hint, you and I can't, we can't, which ones become negotiable and which ones are non-negotiable? On one occasion, Jesus was asked a similar question, and he amazingly shrunk it all down. I love this about Jesus. He, he uh, you know, has the capacity to shrink an idea without losing key components to it. I mean, some of us can shrink it and we lose the point. But he, he could shrink an idea down and distill from that the, the, um, the seed, the kernel, the, the core element of it all. He amazingly shrugged down this whole matter that we're talking about this morning of priorities into two very memorable priorities through which our lives and our activities need to be filtered. You notice why I said filter? You ever, I've got a, a, a water filter on our camper. Why do we do that? Because not all the water that comes in from some of the campgrounds is pure. You know, and I just would prefer to keep some of it out of my system. Right? So you put, a, you put a filter on there. That's what you do. I mean, Jesus gives us the filter through which we choose all priorities in life, all of our values. All, these two priorities are to govern my schedule and, and how I apply my resources and my life and so forth. And the Bible records for us what Jesus says about what matters most in Matthew 22. And you can look in your own Bible. You can look on the screen with me. But Matthew 22, verses 37 to 40, he explains this to his disciples to, and the, those who were walking with him at that time uh, this way. Here's what he says. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and notice what he says, and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. So notice, notice in stature, he says it's equally important. The other one's the greatest, but this is like right up there. This is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law 
And all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. If you think of the two stones, the two stone tablets that Moses came down the mountain of Sinai with, Jesus is essentially saying that everything on that law, on those two tablets, is summarized with this. And on top of that, everything that the prophets say summarized in these two statements. So this is a big deal, and just entertain me here. I want to invite you to just read. This is a short couple of verses. Let's read it out loud together, okay? Just read it with me because you are reading something that in Jesus' mind is of paramount, extreme priority and importance. He says this, read it with me. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Jesus, if we wanted to spend a lot of time, we could break this down in many, many ways. But he's saying here there are two non-negotiable priorities that you and I must live, teach, and model. We're to thoroughly love God. And we're to love people like we love and care and value and treat ourselves. This is really what he's saying. He's just saying that's what matters most. If you can't fulfill all the things that, you're, that you value and are, try to prioritize your life, you, you just filter it all through this and this will help you. That's what he's trying to say. And if we're wise, every one of us will listen to what Jesus says and begin to try to organize our lives as best we can with the help of the Holy Spirit, with the help of Scripture, with the help of each other around us. Try to organize our lives around what matters most in God's opinion of things. Now, some of you say, well, why, why would I want to organize it around what God thinks is most important? Well, first off, he's God. He's wise. He's brilliant. He, he's the one who can speak, let there be light, and there's light and the universe come into existence and so on, and, and life be formed out of non-life. I mean, this is, this is, we can call it a big bang. It certainly was, but the fact is, it's, it was not a random collision of things that didn't exist that made that happen it was God speaking and life came into existence so he's brilliant on a scale we don't understand fully uh, the scriptures are really clear that we're accountable to God every one of us you can live your life 70 80 you know David Glass 84 years surprised that he passed away this week I saddened by that he was a good man but the fact of the matter is he's gone the way of all flesh What's my point? It's a scriptural phrase to say, we're all going to experience that. If Jesus doesn't come back beforehand, every one of us is going to go the way of all flesh. No exceptions. Death is still 100% in its coverage of humanity. And so we're all going to stand accountable before God when that day comes. And we're going to look back and think, maybe I should have done this, this, and this, and this if you're like in those hours before death, some of us. And if you want to live the life that minimizes regret, just listen to what Jesus is saying here. It's the pathway to a life without regret. It's also the pathway to peace. What do I mean by that? Peace within, a sense that like I'm living a way that God asks. And friends, there's peace that comes with that. So, reduced anxiety and stress. 
So if we're wise, every one of us is going to organize our lives increasingly over time as we learn how to do this and as the Holy Spirit leads us and we help each other around what matters most to God, ultimately because we were made for that. And as we do it, part of what happens inside is you just have this sense of fulfillment that like I'm, I'm doing what I should be doing. I was kind of made for this and I didn't realize it. So to succeed at living out the two priorities that Jesus lays out here, loving the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and loving your neighbors, you love yourself, to succeed at that in our complex, rapidly changing world, what's it going to take to do that? And let me just suggest this is what it's going to take. Every one of us is going to need to periodically, and hear that word, periodically evaluate our schedules, quit and modify or modify some activities, and we're going to have to periodically start some new, more purposeful things in our lives. And that's just... It's not rocket science, it's not brain surgery, but it is a fact, and this is how we're gonna have to do it. We're gonna have to evaluate periodically our schedules, quit or modify some activities that we look at and say this, as we run it through the filter of the two great commandments that Jesus lays out here, you go, ah, this doesn't fit very well, and so that needs to either be quit or modified. And then in its place, you're starting some new, more purposeful, more eternally meaningful things with your life. That's the pathway to the life without regret. To help us to head in that direction, what I want to do for the next few minutes is just illustrate how to do this a couple of different ways. And first thing I'm going to do is just give you a personal illustration of how, uh, you know, Lori and I, you know, over the years have endeavored to do this, and particularly uh, several years ago when we were, uh, still had our kids at home, when, when my youngest son, Josh, was in the middle school years. Uh, he loved baseball. It would be fair to say if you lived in our home, you would agree with this. Josh was obsessed with baseball. 